is up? It's The Rant. My name is Jeff Ratcliffe, and it is Wednesday, August 4th. Oh, boy. News continues to come out of Indianapolis, so we do have to talk about what to do with Jonathan Taylor today on the podcast. And I want to stick in the AFC and identify a breakout player from all 16 teams in the AFC. We'll do breakout players from the NFC Tomorrow, these are guys who aren't necessarily squarely on the fantasy radar in some instances. Some guys may be late-round guys. Some guys might even be middle-round guys. None of the early rounds, right? But anyway, uh, we'll do that on the show today. Try and stay away from the obvious names if I can, but in some instances, well, not going to be the easiest thing to do. Regardless, let's talk about Indianapolis. So Carson Wentz, the operation was successful, no new complications, so that is a good thing. Indianapolis, but of course, a bad thing for Indianapolis is that Quentin Nelson will be out for, well, it's the same timetable, 5 to 12 weeks. Frank Reich saying that it is going to probably be significant time, so very likely on the the long end of that spectrum. 12 weeks is better than the entire season, I will say that, but somebody stepped on his foot during practice, uh, so it will require uh, very likely a a, a lengthy uh, stay off the field here. It's five to twelve weeks. Probably is more like eight to twelve weeks. So September likely out, maybe longer than that. So how does this impact Jonathan Taylor? Because one of the arguments I made about Carson Wentz being off the field and not really moving Taylor in my rankings was, well, hey. Their offensive line is awesome, and a big part of that awesomeness, well, it is Quentin Nelson in the interior, so how does this change things? Well, the Colts do have some depth along the offensive line, so they aren't in a terrible position, they still have really the rest of the unit. So yes, you take one piece out, it isn't optimal, but they at least have enough there where they can slide in a serviceable player for as long as Nelson is sidelined. It looks like it's going to be Chris Reed, who he's a veteran. He's been around. Uh, this will be actually his sixth year in the league. Not too shabby of a backup. I, I mean, come on. The depth at offensive line is <laughs> it's like saying you have depth at running back in fantasy football. Like it just uh, it's it's not something that most teams have the luxury of, but it's not a terrible replacement. And I go back to what I had said initially about Jonathan Taylor this team is going to run through Jonathan Taylor they're going to hand the ball off to Jonathan Taylor as much as they possibly can so you know honestly the volume is still going to be there I think there's going to be a nice overreaction to this like there's going to be hopefully an overreaction to Saquon Barkley and this does provide some opportunity at the tail end of the first round to scoop up a guy who really shouldn't be there in a perfect world with no Wentz injury with no Quentin Nelson injury I would take Jonathan Taylor as the fifth player off the board right now. Now, of course, that is with the Saquon stuff. However, I did move him, in fact, behind, and I'm going to stay where I have him in rankings. I moved him behind Ezekiel Elliott. I moved him behind Aaron Jones, but that's really it. So at the back end of the first round, if I'm at like 112 and Jonathan Taylor's there, well, you best believe I'm going to take him. Be greedy when others are fearful. So not a dramatic – I know that – People are overreacting to it, but I don't think we should. So let's dive into some breakout players, and here's the objective here. I want to identify one player from each AFC roster who has the chance to really break out, take a big step forward, become a fantasy-relevant guy. It may not happen in September, 
May not happen in October, but somebody who is poised to, to, to really make the leap for fantasy purposes this year. Starting with the Buffalo Bills, so we'll go AFC East first. I think the player who stands out to me the most is Gabriel Davis. We had heard Stephon Diggs talking about deep ball targets in this offense and how they need to get better in that area. Well, Josh Allen was pretty good in that area. In fact, only one quarterback had more deep ball completions than Josh Allen last year, and that was Tom Brady. So they were just fine. It's just that Diggs didn't lead the team in in deep ball targets. It's my guy who I think is going to break out this year, and that is Gabriel Davis. Now, does this mean we even draft Gabriel Davis? No, probably not. But for me, it also means we shouldn't be drafting Emmanuel Sanders. He is one of those guys who certainly has name brand recognition. But is he going to be that component in this offense, the downfield guy, and we know Josh Allen likes to chuck it? No. Is Cole Beasley going to be that guy? No. Stephon Diggs could be a little bit, but he's really just your your overall, your X receiver, so you need that downfield threat. That threat is Gabriel Davis, so I do like him as uh, the breakout on that roster. For Miami, I mean, this one is is fairly easy for me. It is going to be Tua Tungavailoa. Uh, I I could say Jalen Waddell as well, but I actually do believe it is to Tsunga Bailoa. When you look at what he was able to do at the college level, he was really phenomenal. He was. He was absolutely phenomenal. Now, granted, yes, he was surrounded by an all-star team, and I know that's always going to be the rebuttal, but put me out there in that offense, I'm not going to perform as well. He's a darn good quarterback on top of it, and I don't think we can judge anything based on what he did last year. Last year, he was coming back from a devastating injury in a year where, and I'm, I know I keep saying this, but it, it should be restated over and over, rookies didn't have their typical offseason. Now he has that offseason. Now he has better weapons. Now he's set up for success. I like Tua to take a big step forward and make the leap this year. Going over to the New England Patriots, and we'll stick with the Alabama theme. Damian Harris, I, I don't love this backfield. Let's be clear about that. But I do think there is a strong chance that Sony Michelle is not on the roster Ramondre Stevenson is a rookie. James White is a passing down back. This is a team that wants to run the football, and Harris was pretty good at doing that at the college level, and we haven't quite seen what he's capable of at the the pro level yet. So I do think he's that guy on this roster if you look at the overall state of the roster. However, don't get too crazy with Damian Harris. He's still just a middle-round guy. If you're going to punt your second running back spot, Damian Harris is a very interesting option, but I'm not going to be any more bullish than that uh, with Harris. Uh, We're going to move on here to the New York Jets, but uh, before we get into the Jets and the the remaining teams here on our list, uh, let's take a very quick break. So when we come back, the New York Jets. So sometimes these breakout players can be rookies, and for me, I mean, there's two obvious answers to the question for the Jets, and it really depends on which position you want. I mean, my answer would be Michael Carter. He's already he's already ahead of everybody on that depth chart, and he's going to start the season as the number one on this roster. You could also say Elijah Moore, who is starting, you know, he's, he's now getting some first-team reps in practice, but I'll go with Michael Carter. I love Carter. I love the ability. I love the... Uh, the, the fact he plays bigger than his size, I love the Austin Eckler-like skill set, and again, prime opportunity here on this depth chart, where essentially, you know, hey, there is nobody beyond him at running back. Don't give me that Tevin Coleman stuff. All right, let's move on to Baltimore. 
And we'll do another rookie here. Rashad Bateman is positioned for success. Right now, Marquise Brown is banged up with a hammy. I never want to see a hammy in the preseason because that tends to linger throughout the year. You have Sammy Watkins. We know how he's fared recently. Who else you have? And granted, yes, it's a run-heavy offense. Okay, fine and dandy. It's a run-heavy offense. Great. <laughs> They're still going to throw the football a little bit. It's the NFL. And uh, Bateman is positioned well uh, to lead that team in targets, uh, potentially. He may you know might be Mark Andrews, but at least the wideouts and targets, which will have some value. And that kid can ball, man. That kid can absolutely ball. Speaking of bowling in Cincinnati, well, Joe Burrow certainly showed that he could ball at the, the college level. And honestly, he was off to a reasonably good start. Now, to be fair, Justin Herbert, if you if you looked at the time, uh the time span where Burrow did play, Herbert was slightly the better quarterback for sure. Not gonna argue against that. But I don't think we should downplay what, what Burrow was able to do in his rookie season. Now another step forward this year. You have, obviously, Higgins and Boyd from last year, plus Jamar Chase. It's a really good setup. And they did upgrade the offensive line a little bit. Maybe not as much as, as Bengals fans might have wanted, but they did upgrade the offensive line. So I like Burrow to take that step forward and emerge as a QB1 option this year for fantasy purposes. Moving on. So the Cleveland Browns, and honestly, this is a depth chart that really doesn't have a lot of uh, you know breakout potential because the guys who are atop the depth chart have already broken out. Beckham, Landry, uh, you have Baker, uh, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. So it is a little bit tricky here. So I'm going to give you a really deep name, and this is probably, well, this is more of a, a dynasty name, but I do want to see him take a step forward, and that is Donovan Peoples-Jones. We saw last year that there were times where he could be a downfield threat for this offense. He could be a guy who Baker would target downfield, give you some big plays. I want to see him round into some more form this year. And given his overall athletic profile, you know, there's a lot of appeal with him. He's not going to be necessarily a guy we're targeting in redraft, but a guy we monitor in redraft. And certainly in dynasty leagues, I like the overall ceiling there for Donovan Peoples-Jones. The Pittsburgh Steelers, I mean, last year we saw Deontay Johnson really take that step forward and break out. We saw flashes of it from Chase Claypool. But the answer here, I mean, it would be Najee Harris, right? But it's too obvious. It's way too obvious. And Najee Harris, I mean, hey, he's going in the second round of fantasy football drafts, maybe even the first round. So being that Deontay Johnson already did make the league last year, let's let's go with Chase Claypool. Uh, what I would love to see out of him from this year, though, is more consistency. He has the size. He has the speed. The things that you can't teach. Now we need more consistency out of him. Partially, though, that's going to hinge on Ben Roethlisberger. Can Ben Roethlisberger deliver the rock to Chase Claypool consistently? It's a big question. It really is. And I don't have the answers to that yet. And I'm not going to overvalue Claypool, but if you if you stack up pound-for-pound pound Claypool against Juju Smith-Schuster, it's not even really a comparison in terms of who has more fantasy upside. Juju just doesn't have that. Juju's a safety valve for sure, and it's not a knock on him. But if we're looking for a higher ceiling guy uh, outside of Deontay Johnson, then you know obviously we're going with Claypool there. Moving over to the Texans, will Watson be the quarterback? That is the question. I am not going with Anthony Miller. I'm not taking the cheese on that one. Let's go with another athletic Michigan wide receiver in Nico Collins, who is already getting some buzz in uh, Texans camp. 
If Watson ends up being the quarterback, look at the opportunity you have on this depth chart. You have Brandon Cooks there. Okay, fine. He's solidified. Who else is on this depth chart? Who else intimidates you? Kiki QT can never stay atop the depth chart, so I'm not intimidated by him. Anthony Miller, again, not taking the cheese on him. Andre Roberts, okay. I mean, a solid overall career that he's had, but no. Nico Collins has a prime opportunity and he could emerge as a red zone option in this in this offense especially if Watson ends up being the quarterback again not a draftable player for me but a player I am going to keep my eye on for sure and and you know maybe he ends up being draftable if we do catch wind that Watson will ultimately be the starter moving over to Indianapolis and obviously this is a tricky situation here because uh, you don't have Carson Wentz for an undetermined amount of time. If it if it's week one that he's back, that's amazing. If it's week two, that's pretty good. If he's pup, that sucks. You know, it really does. So, and and any of that and all of that is on the table. But I think the obvious answer here is Michael Pittman Jr. I don't want to overvalue Michael Pittman Jr., but I love the skill set. I love the size. I love the run after catch ability. And the opportunity to really assert himself as the number one on this roster. You have Paris Campbell, you have T.Y. Hilton there, but really the opportunity is is there for Michael Pittman. Moving over to Jacksonville, Trevor Lawrence is stepping in, and I think that really paves the way for a breakout year from LaVisca Chenault. We already saw signs of it last year. He takes that next step forward. And this is a really nice little trio of receivers. You got DJ Chark, you get the veteran presence of Marvin Jones, and then you have the do-it-all slot presence of LaVisca Chenault. It would not surprise me at all if he finishes a wide receiver three or better this year. He's a very popular sleeper, even though I don't buy that sleepers exist in, in our world today, but he's a very popular uh, sleeper pick there. Tennessee is a tricky one because you have these sort of you have a lot of these incumbents. Uh, you have Derrick Henry, you have uh, Ryan Tannehill, AJ Brown, Julio Jones, even Josh Reynolds. So I, I think the answer has to be Anthony Ferkser, even though he's a veteran that we know you know we know who he is at this point in his career. But he has the opportunity to take a big step forward in, on this depth chart uh, with Jonu Smith out of the out of the mix for Denver. Could go in a lot of different directions. I do think the answer to the question, though, for us, big-time breakout is going to be Javante Williams. Every year we see a rookie running back break out in a big way. There's an incumbent there, of course, but I do see him uh, blowing by Melvin Gordon and eventually just solidifying himself. Uh, as far as the Kansas City Chiefs are concerned, I'm not going with McCole Hardman. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I think Byron Pringle, if anything, is the more intriguing guy to take a step forward this year. However, he is obviously a very deep name. But remember, they did lean towards Pringle last year and not McCole Hardman. For the Raiders, it's Henry Ruggs. It's easy for me. He was a disappointment last year, but Gruden has been saying very positive things about him. And ultimately, they're hopefully going to start using him a little bit more the way they should. He also put on some weight, which is a good thing. He was a little bit undersized, uh, a little bit lean, let's say, coming into uh, the NFL. For the Los Angeles Chargers, I mean, Mike Williams kind of already has happened for him. Uh, Justin Herbert already happened for him. So I think the interesting names here, uh, really Larry Roundtree and Josh Palmer. I'll lean Roundtree, but we should keep an eye on Josh Palmer uh, in case he starts to get used. But they are using Tyron Johnson, Jalen Guyton right now in camp. So Larry Roundtree as the hammer, the red zone back in this offense ahead of Jackson, ahead of Kelly. 
There you go. All right, tomorrow we will do the NFC. So we'll break that down for you, plus some of the latest news from around the NFL. At Jeff Ratcliffe on Twitter. At Jeff Ratcliffe on Instagram. Use the hashtag Rat Pack. That way I know you're a listener of this podcast. And FTNFantasy.com. Use the promo code Rat Pack for a discount over there at FTNFantasy.com. All right, I'll catch you on the flip side for another edition of the pod. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe, and I'm out.